everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench. I'm glad you guys have joined me today. Today, I'm going to tackle a topic in light of some things that we've seen happen on social media in recent days regarding the transgender community and our ability to speak the truth. The Bible has a lot to say about courage and cowardice. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. I'm glad you guys are here today, and I'm going to just jump right into this because it's amazing to me as I'm watching what's happening in the news. I say this all the time. uh, We've got a real problem in our culture right now with truth, and truth is what's in the crosshairs. We've seen this from day one when it it comes to discussions about transgenderism and about men and women. We know that we have a Supreme Court justice right now, Ketanji Brown Jackson, who's so much of a coward that she was unwilling to define what a woman is. A woman, for those of you who are listening and have are yet to find a good definition, is an adult human female. An adult human female. It's really not a hard question. But for decades now, unbeknownst to us, uh, sexual activists have been infiltrating our colleges, our universities, and our high schools, and indoctrinating children and young adults to believe that gender is on a spectrum and that sex is something you only imagine in your head. And so we see these things coming all the time now. Uh, We're watching this happen in our government. We're watching it happen, play out in real time. There's a tweet that I want to play for you. And this is a great way to to, uh, start this conversation so that you can see exactly what I'm talking about. This was off of the internet. I'm going to play the tweet for you. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thanks to all of the witnesses for being here. Uh, before, uh, I, I want to visit with you, Ms. Meske, but before I do, I just want to clear one thing up. Professor Bridges, you said several times, you've used a phrase, I want to make sure I understand what you mean by it. You've referred to people with a capacity for pregnancy. It, would that be women? Many women, cis women, have the capacity for pregnancy. Many cis women do not have the capacity for pregnancy. Um, there are also trans men who are capable of pregnancy, as well as non-binary people who are capable of pregnancy. So this isn't really a women's rights issue. It's, uh, it's We can it's recognize that this impacts women while also recognizing that it impacts other groups. Those things are not mutually exclusive, Senator Hawley. Oh, so your view is, is that the core of this, this right then is about what? So um, I want to recognize that your line of questioning um, is transphobic, um, and it opens up trans people to violence by not recognizing that. Wow, you're saying that I'm opening up people to violence by asking whether or not women are the folks who can have pregnancies? So I want to note that one out of five transgender uh, persons have attempted suicide. So I think it's important because of my line of questioning because so we can't talk about it because denying that trans people exist and pretending not to know that they exist. I'm is denying that trans people exist by asking are you? you if you're talking are you? about women are you? having pregnancies. Do you believe that the, uh, men can get pregnant? No, I don't think. Can get <laughs> so you are denying that trans people exist, Thank and that you. leads to violence. Is this how you run your classroom? Are students allowed to question you, Absolutely. or are they also treated like this? Where no, you, no, no, they're, they're told that to they're a- opening up people to oh, violence. We have a good time in my class. You should join. Oh, I bet. You might learn a lot. Wow, I, I would learn a lot. I've learned you, a lot. Just I know. In this exchange. Absolutely extraordinary. All right. So what you just heard was an exchange between the United States, a senator, a sitting senator in the United States, and an arrogant self-righteous, woefully uh, ignorant woman who happens to teach law at the University of Cal State Berkeley, trying to educate the senator on basic biology. 
And we have fallen so far down the rabbit hole in this country. It's absolutely unbelievable that this is even happening. Over the weekend, some of you may have been following uh, that Macy Gray, I guess it's been maybe a week and a half ago now, made comments to Piers Morgan about transgenderism. And she said, just because you go and change your parts, it doesn't make you a woman. Well, as soon as she said that, the internet exploded. We knew that the trans community was going to come after her. All of these people who say that they're standing for human rights, everyone's right, of course, except for the rights of the people that disagree with them or want to hold to basic biology. And of course, forced Macy Gray, who is an R&B star, to apologize. And of course, she did do that. She apologized. She backtracked. She went on the Today Show and she, you know, she postulated that she had made this terrible mistake, that she had been uh, unintentional. People had un- uh, unintentionally uh, taken her comments to be transphobic. And Matt Walsh, of course, didn't like that she did this. It was interesting. I knew, and I, I told my husband, as soon as Macy Gray said that, I said, oh, wow, watch. The trans community is going to come after her, this woman with pitchforks, because it's no longer acceptable for people to say that there are two genders, male and female. There are men and there are women. This was the whole point of Matt Walsh's documentary, What is a Woman? trying to highlight how deep the delusion and how deep the deception actually is. So in a response, uh, she came back and basically said she agreed with Morgan that transgender women should not compete in sports. And this is one of the many things that Morgan has been uh, has been criticized for for a long time. So this woman, by the way, Macy Gray is 54 years old. So she's just about a year and a half older than I am. And she has been absolutely blasted on the internet by uh, all of the people that you might actually ex- uh, expect to have happen. So then she came out and after the backlash and she said, listen, I have nothing but love for the LGBTQ plus transgender community. I've been a supporter since day one. She, now she's talking to Billboard magazine because she's afraid she's going to be what? Canceled. She's afraid that by telling the truth, she's going to be canceled. She said uh, her statement on Pierce Morgan was grossly misunderstood. I don't hate anyone. I expect I respect everyone's right to feel comfortable in their bodies and live their own truth. All right. So I got huge issues with Macy Gray's uh, lack of ability to stand up against the mob. And it is a mob. Like, make no mistake. These people are coming after you uh, and they're going to try to ruin your career, ruin your reputation. Make sure you don't have any money. Make sure you die destitute and without any friends. That is the goal of the transgender and the LGBTQ plus community to anyone who disagrees, anyone who dares to say that they have a different opinion. And so she came back and she, she fell all over herself. And I'm, I'm just so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, blah, 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 blah. Well, then Matt Walsh, of course, uh, picks up on this and it makes him mad. And he says, sorry, but women who publicly renounce the definition of a woman for fear of mean comments from trans activists deserve all the scorn they can get. This is Matt Walsh on Twitter. He said, that kind of gutless cowardice is exactly what got us into this position in the first place. I could not agree more with Matt Walsh on this. We have got to start telling the truth and stop being afraid of the mob. This doesn't sit well with J.K. Rowling, who everyone knows is the creator of the Harry Potter uh, phenomenon, but she also has come out against transgenderism, particularly against women in sports. But she was angry with Walsh for taking Macy Gray to task over this. Uh, she retorted by sharing her own experiences since speaking out about transgenderism. Listen to what she said, quote, endless death and rape threats, 
threats of loss of livelihood and my employers have been targeted, physical harassment, family address posted online with a picture of bomb-making manual aren't exactly mean comments, she tweeted. If you don't understand what happens to women who stand up to this issue, then back off. Now, Rowling is correct on this particular uh, exchange, right? Because she's right. Speaking out about the transgender community, uh, it does subject you to more, much more than mean comments, as Matt Walsh suggested. But as PJ Media reports, he went on to say that he's also gone through some of the same things that she has. He came back to Rowling and said, listen, all of these things and then some have happened to me in the last month because of my film, he replied. But if I had backed down and crumbled to the trans activists, I would deserve to be scorned for it. Cowardice is what empowers these people. Nothing will ever improve until we stop caving. He makes a very good point. My friend, uh, Pastor Rob McCoy, so wisely said one time that in the absence of courage, truth is an orphan. And that is what we're seeing happen right now. Truth is absolutely an orphan. And I got to thinking, because I've, I've taught on this for many years, I started teaching about fear and how the Bible teaches us that fear is a spirit. And fear and cowardice are very, very closely related in the scriptures. Typically, you see one that follows another. We become afraid and then we fall victim to cowardice. We become cowards in the face of, of being afraid, whether it's afraid of a backlash, afraid of a loss of a friendship, afraid that people will find out uh, our opinion on something. And we live this sort of weird, in this weird um, uh, space between our desire to tell the truth and we and to speak up about what we know is right and our fear of being canceled or the woke mob attacking us, either our families, or our reputation, or our businesses, or whatever it is. And I agree with Matt Walsh. This is exactly how we got here. We're going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So as I was following this story online, particularly, I found it interesting to see what happened to Macy Gray. And like, I mean, like I told at the beginning of the show, I knew as soon as she said that, I was like, oh man, that woman, she's either going to be able to stand up against it or she's not. And obviously she caved. Anybody who's watching the Today Show, the Today Show is a lot like watching The View. These people are culture warriors for the left. That's all they are. And if you disagree with them, they'll mock you. They'll make fun of you. They'll try to make you feel stupid and uneducated. Uh, I find this is the case all the time on my social media platforms. Certainly, I've had letters and people come to my place of business who have been less than kind. But I want to just address something in light of who we are as believers. So first of all, we are called to speak the truth. Full stop. But the Bible says that truth with the absence of love, if if we can't speak the truth and be kind about it, then the Bible says that we're nothing more than a gong, right? A clanging cymbal. And at first glance, it would seem like the Bible doesn't really say much about cowardice. But a couple of years ago, I wrote a Bible study on the book of Revelation, and I spent three months going through Revelation. And I found something really interesting in the very last chapter of Revelation, Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. So now we've come all the way to the end of the Bible. And of course, the book of Revelation written by the Apostle John talking about the second coming of Christ. This is where we get... Uh, most of us uh, in in major Christian denominations 
get our eschatology, in other words, our doctrine on the end times. But this is something so interesting that I actually took an entire day and and studied it and taught on it because I had never seen it before. And I think maybe it's because some translations don't actually use the word. But this word is found in Revelation chapter 21, verse 8, talking about who is basically condemned to hellfire. Listen to the word. But as for, here's the very first word in this list, right? The cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And so what John is saying is, if you are a coward, you're going to be condemned to hell along with murderers and sorcerers. Now, if you look at other translations of the Bible, you'll see that they use the word fearful in place of the word cowardly. But I think these two words go hand in hand because if you become afraid, you are likely to become a coward. And if you are a coward, you will always live in fear, whether it's fear of retribution, fear of what your children would think of you, fear of what your uh, work will think of you, think, uh, fear of what the woke mob will do to you. But I think we need to consider, A, what is our cowardice doing to our reputation as believers? What is cowardice? What is the effect that cowardice is having on the culture right now? Well, I'd say it's having a devastating effect on the culture because we're we're at a place right now where we're afraid to tell the truth about simple things. We're afraid to tell the truth about male and female, but the Bible teaches us that God made us in his image, male and female. Nowhere in the Bible are you going to find reference to transgenderism. You're not going to find a reference to, quote, cis women, right? A cisgendered women, which are just people who just identify as normal male and female, right? So now we have to give them this this title, this word cis, which I talked about probably a couple of years ago here at the show, because I was getting an education on just how bold and just how wicked and just how demonic the transgender movement actually is. And lest we misunderstand, these people are after our children and they are injuring our children, body, soul, mind, and spirit. And the fact that we are, as adults, unable to stand up against it is amazing to me, is amazing to me. So our, I, I guess the question is, have we become the cowardly that Revelation is talking about? So in the Greek, the word cowardly implies fearfulness. It implies timidity. The dictionary defines coward as someone who lacks the courage to do difficult, dangerous, or unpleasant things. GotQuestions.org says a coward consciously shies away from unpleasant situations, doing whatever he can to save his own skin, thereby enslaving himself to fear. My point in talking about cowardice today is to say to you, to all of you who are listening, this time in which we live is not a time for cowardice. This is a time for courage. We must be courageous in the face of all these things that are happening. Cowardice is sometimes linked to a guilty conscience. And we're certainly seeing this right now. Proverbs 21 or 28 verse one says, the wicked flee though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. The Bible has a lot to say about being a slave to fear and it contains stories of godly people who gave in to fear. What's the first person that you guys think of, right? Peter, this is the guy who followed Jesus around. He was a disciple of Christ and he and Jesus said, you're gonna deny me three times before the rooster crows in the morning. And Peter was like, no, no, I wouldn't do that. What does he do? Three times he denies Christ. Why? To save his own life. And it revealed that Peter, though he knew the son of God, was living in fear. And that fear required that he surrender to men rather than to God. 
And that's what's happening when the churches will not talk about what's happening in this, in this particular movement and how it is injuring our children, then we have surrendered to fear and we are no longer surrendered to God. I don't know about you, but I find this to be a devastating image of the modern church, that we would refrain from saying what we know to be true for fear that we are going to be poked fun at, that we're going to, I mean, we saw this, my goodness, uh, in the Rona, right? Churches that closed for months and sometimes years because they were afraid. Fear of man, fear of a virus at the 99.9% survival, which by the way, they're going to try to bring it back again. Pay attention right here in Washington state. I just said that there were six counties now that the CDC is suggesting go back to the mask. Uh, no, no. Joshua, he's one of my favorites, right? This guy who led Israel in the conquest of Canaan. Given the many battles he faced and won, nobody would ever call this guy a coward. And yet Joshua must have struggled with fear because the, God told him over and over again, don't be afraid, be strong, be courageous, be of good courage. That's Joshua 1 verse 9. He needed encouragement against cowardice that Joshua then passed along to the Israelites. There are lots of places all over the Bible that God tells us people be strong and courageous. It is actually sin when we live in fear. And when you see people who are willing to stand up and tell the truth, pray for them. You guys, where does our strength come from? The Bible says, well, some might trust in horses and some might trust in chariots, but we don't as the children of God. We trust in the name of the Lord. We trust in the name of the Lord. And in the United States of America, we have something called the First Amendment where we are allowed to have free speech. But that First Amendment and that free speech right now is under attack by people who do not want the truth to be spoken. And as uh, as a woman who is constantly under the microscope right now because of a run for Congress and constantly being maligned and lied about, I can tell you right now, it takes a fair amount of con- uh, a fair amount of courage just to tell the truth in the culture. And so I admire people like Matt Walsh for telling the truth. I admire Ben Shapiro for telling the truth. I admire Jack Hibbs and, and Rob McCoy and my friend Rick Green, who's coming on the show next week. I admire these people for their willingness to stand up in the face of a woke mob and say, no, these, these, uh, lies that you are telling the culture are actually injuring our nation and injuring the world. We are a nation in decline right now. We are a nation on the brink of moral and social collapse. And partly the church is to blame because for many, many years now, we have not stood in the gap. We have not told the truth. And now you're trying to get out into into the public square and we've given the public square over to the culture. So I'm just going to encourage you right now. The Bible has a lot to say about the importance of courage. Cowardice is addressed in the Bible, and it's not a pretty picture. What the Bible says is the fate of people who will not tell the truth to save their, to save their own skin. And so I'm going to encourage you today, keep telling the truth. Teach your children, mom and dad, to stand for truth. And, and people will say to me, you know, I want my kid to be, uh, to be able to define the truth. I want them to walk in the truth. Well, mom and dad, they're not going to be able to walk in the truth unless they see you doing it first. I met a beautiful little girl the other day at an event that I was speaking at. She had come up to me and was asking me about my own daughter. And I looked at her and I said, how old are you? And she said she was seven. And her parents had brought her to say hello to me. And I said, what's your favorite thing about being seven? And she said, my favorite thing about being seven is my puppy and my mommy. And I just, I gave her a big hug and I thought, you know what? She's, she doesn't get another, another shot at being a child. And her parents are protecting her innocence 
They're protecting her innocence through homeschooling her. They're protecting her innocence by being guardians of their daughter in her body, guardians of her mind, guardians of her spirit by making sure that what she is, uh, what she is exposed to as a young girl is truth. Truth matters. Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes of the Father but by me. You heard uh, Macy Gray after she was uh, after she was accosted by the woke mob say that she understood that people need to embrace their own truth. And I'm here to tell you guys again: people don't have their own truth. It's either true or it isn't. Something is either right or it's wrong. It's either good or it's evil. It's either up or it's down. You're either underwater or you're not. There's either gravity or there isn't. We don't get to define the truth. We only get to find the truth. And then we stand on the truth. And so I want to just encourage you today, teach your children the importance of courage. Show them stories of men and women, both in the history of of our country and in the Bible, who have stood courageously and who God has rewarded for that courage to stand. It takes courage to stand in the culture right now. And it is something that is sorely needed. In the absence of courage, truth is an orphan. And if we want truth to remain an orphan, then we live in courage or we live in cowardice and we live out lives based on fear instead of faith. And that is the opposite of what God wants us to do. So I'm going to have some guests on the show for the next couple of days here who are standing boldly in the culture. I think you guys are going to be really encouraged. My friend Donna Martin's going to come on the show uh, tomorrow with me and talk about a movement that God's put on her heart to pray for the children in the public school system. And then Harry Alisea is going to come on Friday and share his testimony of coming from a place where he was abandoned and sent to a family that did not love him. He lived in the foster care system and was never adopted. And yet he has come out of a place of seeing himself as a victim. And he has let the Lord of Heaven's armies restore his life. You guys, that is what happens when we follow the truth and we embrace the truth instead of the lies that are in the culture. God loves you. He loves you. And I'm just, uh, as I'm watching what's happening around the world, as I'm watching what's happening right here where I work and at the Homeschool Resource Center and in my run for Congress, I am encouraged to see more and more people standing up boldly and declaring that there is such a thing as truth and we can actually walk in it. We don't have to live as victims. We can live victorious lives in Jesus Christ. You guys study the Bible, study to show yourself an approved workman who does not need to be ashamed, who can rightly handle the word of God. There's a blessing in it. There is blessing in reading and understanding God's word. Thank you guys so much for listening today. You can support this podcast by going to HeidiStJohn.com. I'll put a link back to how you can do that in the show notes today. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question that you'd like to submit, go ahead and go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash mailbox Monday. Thank you guys for sharing this podcast and for supporting this ministry. We greatly appreciate it. And I'll see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.